Welcome to It Sounded Like a Good Idea at the Time, the weekly podcast that uh, I was going to make some daylight savings, something or other, but we're a week late and I'm still tired. So here we are. (laughs) My name is Caroline. And I'm Hannah. And we're so glad you joined us today. And for another week, we're not alone. And it's with Amy, but not the Amy you know. It's a battle of the Amys. Amy number two or number one, (laughs) just depending on which order you listen to these episodes. We'll put up a poll on Instagram. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't show me the results. (laughs) Uh, Okay, this is my Amy, not our Amy, as you may have heard. Wow, I'm sorry. We have been chatting for like at least seven minutes and now she's mine too. So that's true. I appreciate it. Things could change. Now everyone could be everyone's friend. I'm very uh, (laughs) insecure with that though. So (laughs) you have somehow insidiously entered every single group chat of every single friend I've ever met. And I have been introduced to zero group chats of your friends. So that is also I something might, that we need to talk about. Might let you text Amy, but uh, we okay. can probably just talk on the I'll DM you. I'll yeah, DM you. you Instagram. We got it. We got it. Oh man. Okay, this is one of my very best and oldest friends, Amy. Oh. We have been friends since we were seven. I was seven. She was eight. She is older than me. I'm yes. An aged wow. Person, you yes. had to slide Elderly. that in. What? <laughs> always. Um, and I we I've I've been kind of thinking like for a long time, I really want to have Amy on the pod. You will hear why uh once we get into the meat of today's conversation. But um one of my very best friends, entrepreneur, uh, we actually met in uh Cameroon. So yeah. we're pretty interesting. If anyone wants to <laughs> Yeah, it's weird that we've been doing this podcast for like two years or some such, and you have not spoken about that experience at all. <laughs> yeah. It seemed very white savory of me to do your, so. Sorry. Your, your missionary face? <laughs> <laughs> I have not spoken about it. Uh, Amy will probably... I'll let her do that today. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put you on blast. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, yeah, we... Go ahead. I was going to say also exactly like we kicked off with my Amy last week. If you would like to take this opportunity to pray together to accept oh, wow. the Lord as your personal savior, <laughs> exactly. this is the time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, so we have a lot to talk about with Amy. So <laughs> would you like to add any more about yourself? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> been me on the spot already. No, I think, yeah, you're my oldest friend, not in age because we've established Suck it everyone I'm else. older, but, <laughs> but, guess who, but tell them who your newest friend is. But yes, my, <laughs> newest, my freshest, most yes. vibrant new friendship is Caroline. Wow. It was an excellent. Wow. I'll vibrant. take it. Vibrant. Well, listen, there's like silver friendships, gold friendships. It's all good. What's that? There's like okay. patinated friendships, rusty friendships, you know? <laughs> None of those are here. None of those are present. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm very excited. Thank you, Amy, for joining us. I am definitely excited to get into our conversation. But before we do, a um, couple other what's going on with women topics we wanted to talk about very somberly. Um, as this comes out, this will be about a week and a half old news. But I think midnight last night, we... All most of us saw news of a, a terrorist attack against s- seemingly aimed at Asian women and Asian people in general. And um, I think everyone's just kind of reeling from that and kind of on the heels of the young woman who was killed walking home from her uh, friend's house in the UK 
was it the weekend or last or no this happened a while back right but they just found her yeah yes sarah evards right so um and you know women's women's history month on the heels of black history month and i think shortly which month is august august is asian american pacific islander history month it doesn't matter the point is someone step in (laughs) yeah so i think struggling but i don't i don't know well i think that this incident um eight people were killed six were asian women um targeted at three different spas and massage parlors in atlanta um by a white male continues to highlight the disparity in justice for people of color and white individuals and the flaws of the system um you know he was taken into custody alive and The news has been, yeah, of course, has continued to be, again, this is coming out a week and a half later, but at this point, almost 24 hours post attack, um, law enforcement has continued to say it appears like it may have been a racially motivated crime when it very clearly was. Um, and, I watched part of a press conference on Instagram with um, the police department in Atlanta, who the way they described him, the shooter was so nonchalant and mm-hmm. so almost apologetic. What they said and all, wow. um, I'll try to send you both the clip if you haven't seen it, but he was saying like, yeah, he'd had a bad day. Oh he reached the end of his rope and wow. just, yeah. you know, he hasn't told us why, but he, I don't think it's racially. And it's like, this was, very clearly a targeted crime but to try to minimize the behavior by saying like he's had a bad day kind of like who hasn't who hasn't had a bad day and decided like yeah to go it's that toxic masculinity of boys will be boys white boys will be white boys um very specifically white boys will be white boys and can have a bad day and ruin people's lives well let's make it the individual too where they're like let's look at his life as opposed to like he stands for all white people which is what they do for people of color. Well, in addition, right, they, right, right. they continue in a way to glorify what he's done by continuing to show his picture. They named him before any of the victims, wow. um, a deep dive into his life before any of the victims. And I know that the media does that seemingly to protect the privacy of the victims. But what it does is elevate and give a platform to this shooter, this white supremacist, and negates the lives that were lost because they make those names not human anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just a really... It's just a really, really sad situation, but it's interesting to see people not want to call this a domestic terrorism act when that's right. exactly what it was. So yeah. it's sickening, honestly. Yeah. So anyway, I think as the pandemic continues, um, I know you guys have probably seen the rise in um, Asian hate crimes has yes. gone yeah. like 1900%, something in like that my mind cannot comprehend. Um, but I think as much work as we have hopefully all put in over the last year to become an ally to the black community, let's um, do that same work for the Asian community. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. You're welcome. Should we say, should we, are you going to take that little part out? Yeah. Where I can I'm take like, it out. Okay. All right. All right. We, okay. We'll on that note, take a quick break and then get back for a, what I am hundred percent sure is going to be a very riveting conversation with, New Amy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are back. And if you have been a listener for, I don't know, some amount of time, you will remember um, at one point I embarrassed myself and everyone like me by calling DJ Collett. 
Khaled, what is it? It's Khaled. Yeah, he says it at the beginning of every song. (laughs) Obviously, he doesn't do many duets with Amy Grant, does he? Because I have not heard many of his tracks. He should, though. that's the mashup that 2021 needs but anyway whatever i wanted to to talk about the grammys and the hubbub surrounding um cardi b and megan the stallion's performance of whop (laughs) but i needed you put so much breath on the w (laughs) (laughs) but i wanted to be sure i didn't look like a fool and because of what it stands for (laughs) thank you i wanted to make sure that other people weren't calling it whap because other people (laughs) everyone my friend Uh, thank you (laughs) everyone or no one it doesn't matter the fact is the A, if you didn't know, stands for ASS, which in my <laughs> world is pronounced ass, not os. So you just <laughs> called me an asshole. Why are you spelling now? She's an asshole. So she's British. Listen, I go to a charter. My kids go to a charter school, so I don't know what they're teaching in your public school. But exactly, the phonetic pronunciation is ah. So anyway, they're teaching, they're teaching my kid to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, um, I can still beat you in a sword drill and that's all i care about but um (laughs) anyway challenge accepted first of all we should have a all three of us sword drill (laughs) you know what i just put up on instagram whether we should have more content and what people wanted to see nobody suggested a video of a sword drill but that will be our first post i'm shocked I know. You haven't answered it yet, Amy. You're all missing out. I didn't see it. (laughs) Um, He's like, and that was on purpose. (laughs) Skip. But (laughs) (laughs) swipe. Um, I'm getting off track here. The Grammys were performed at this point two weeks ago or something by the time we come out. But um, (laughs) they were performed. It was the first time ever of a televised performance of WAP. And as expected, it it is causing a stir among um, people groups. So uh, most specifically last night, Hannah and I were sharing screenshots of a Twitter feud between Cardi B and um, Candace Owens that included... I'll save this anecdote for later, but we were, we were sharing screenshots and it appears like people don't like that they were essentially humping on stage during the Grammys. So that's all I had to say. Welcome back to the show. That, that and I very accidentally shared some nude photos of Melania Trump to your phone. That's what I was going to oh, wait and share. But like, shared where? I, what? I know, I know you were waiting, but I just felt like we needed to get this out in the open now. Yeah, so Cardi B basically... So if you're not familiar with Candace Owens, that's fine. But she's, <laughs> she is a conservative pundit for um, the GOP who is very outspoken that her experience as a black woman represents the experience of all black members of a community. Um, and so she got into it with Cardi B basically saying how disgusting it was that they performed, um, which if you've heard the song, like, why are you at all surprised by the performance? It's like, they weren't going to be like clad in turtlenecks. You know what I mean? But anyway, also, um, I'm so tired of this. It's almost very triggering for me, given that we heard this so much growing up. I know both of you will relate to this, but like the narrative of this is 
society is going downhill. Yeah. This is this just shows how bad a place we are. I feel like I've been yelled. I've heard yelling about how bad a place we are in for 31 and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> and like, heard it for 32 and a half. Oh, exactly. Yeah, more totally. years. And how many about how many of you have you okay, heard? It, I'm not in this. I didn't make this fight. Neither did Amy. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, no but here. it's just every. Yes, exactly. Uh, consent is not our. <laughs> but like I. I've just heard that for my whole life. Every time anything, anytime a woman is being sexual in any way, and it leads to th- this is society is going to hell in a handbasket. And- well, and of course there was conversation of children watch this show. And I would like to point out, yes, but if your child is staying up until 10 PM and cannot handle that kind of content, then maybe like they should go to bed. And secondly, Trevor Noah, who hosted the Grammys, was teasing this performance from minute one of the Grammys. So you knew it was coming. And again, the song is not a surprise. So like, I don't know. Like, they have it for the post 10 p.m. slot. I, I, Mm -hmm. when you texted saying it was coming on, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. They waited till after 10 p.m. Furthermore, you sent me network regulations. I'm sure. Well, you sent me a tweet or something, or I saw it somewhere, um, that said like it's very funny that like Fox News is so upset about this, but they are the ones replaying the same clip of them scissoring over and over. (laughs) And even I watched a few minutes of uh, Candace Owens' video today recapping the feud with. Cardi B, um, where she was like, I haven't even seen the performance because it's too disgusting, but I've seen the clip that that I was asked about on Fox News. And it's like, okay, but like, again, you're only like propagating that same issue. Like you're saying it's horrendous and repulsive and it shouldn't be for families yet you're continuing yeah. to show the same clip right. over and so over again. More times and than I have and I probably would have liked it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whole scope of the performance, it was like three seconds of the entire performance. So like, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that, really, that's my lead in. It's like, I was like, this is what you're dying, what hill you're dying on? Anyway, um, so this, <laughs> Cardi B and Candace Owens really planned ahead for our podcast, knowing that this was going to happen, as the news does. Because oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you how Melania Trump's nudes ended up on my oh, phone. No. That felt like a different thing. Oh. So anyway. Right, so right, right. Anyway. Wait, go back to that. Go back to that. <laughs> okay. so I just wanted to lead in that if you don't know Candace Owens, she's very conservative. So... Cardi B, (laughs) Cardi B ended up like one. She took over the entire Twitter feud as a way to promote her singles. Like she would very smart. She would like give a comment and then be like, "Go stream up, go stream up." Like it was (laughs) so funny. Smart. See if you hate it, go check it out. Right. (laughs) That's exactly what she was saying. She was like, "You guys are getting me to like these crazy." Like she's like, "Fox News is getting me to the stream number that I need because like I would never reach this audience otherwise." (laughs) Then. With most of her replies, she was um, posting nude pictures of Melania Trump, nude modeling photos. And Candace Owens is like, why are you so obsessed with her? <laughs> and Cardi B was like, listen, she can be naked, take modeling pictures and be a first lady. She's exactly what I want. Like, right. I'm obsessed with her. She's, She's like, like, I am obsessed. obsessed. <laughs> she, she taught me that I can be nude, take modeling pictures, perform WAP and still be first lady. She's the yes. best. <laughs> so anyway, she posted like a fully nude picture of Melania and mm. H- Hannah 
screenshot it and sent it to me. I sent the tweet. I sent the tweet. tweet. Thinking that it would compress. (laughs) It did not. This morning, (laughs) Anna Blair was scrolling through my phone and and scrolled up to that and she's like holding her crotch and Anna Blair's like, why is that woman touching whole bottoms? (laughs) 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 Lady Melania Trump. I don't know. She can do whatever she wants, I I guess. I don't know. But I was like, this is a mistake oh my gosh that, that was when i sent that like you know if you're scrolling twitter on your phone <laughs> i didn't realize when i clicked it it was a nude picture i just sure, saw her face sure sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> comma officer yeah. um but then I, when i sent it it was like i literally just texted you a fully nude photo of melania <laughs> trump so anyway that was fine that um, was a wild tuesday night or whatever it, was. it really was <laughs> it was very exciting i love cardi i love how she can turn everything into a marketing, marketing. Move for herself smart and i respect the hell out of her but all of that to say so amy mm. you um you have to correct me on the timeline of this Uh-oh. you got into well You'll have to tell me the timeline. I know I said this wrong before. Um, I've said on the podcast before, um, you have gotten into pole dancing as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm specifying that because I can't remember. I've said the time wrong before. How many years? Not super long. uh, I'm also really traditionally bad with dates. Um, But it was like 2018, (laughs) like end of 2017. I started dipping a toe in with some classes. So not super long. (laughs) And I have, so you started a separate Instagram account Mm -hmm. (laughs) after uploading the videos to your personal account and deciding you wanted to keep it separate mostly. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have loved watching you on this journey. If you have, if you're following any pole dancers, um, just be prepared to be incredibly, (laughs) feel incredibly inadequate vis-a-vis body strength. Um, because it is very impressive. No, but, no, the problem is they make it look so easy. Just right. like, just like yeah. very intense yoga people where yes. you're like, can do it. And then you're right. like, my body does not function that I way. I mean, I right. still do that with other pole dancers. I'm like, I can do that. And it's like, oh, <laughs> not in this old bod. <laughs> like, something hard. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, you're, you think you're challenging me. Yeah. But, um, I would love to talk to you about just kind of like your journey to body positivity and how something that for sure, the way all three of us were raised would have been considered a hell no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How you found your way to that and your thoughts on kind of just using that, like, you know, taking a hold of your own sexuality and then not even using what I would say sexuality, Mm -hmm. like just, you know, using dance and all of that. Um I could keep going with things I want to talk about, but you step in and talk. T- tell me about how you stump. Did you stumble onto pole or were you always? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. I, I can use all the direction you'll give me. Yeah. So I did stumble into it pretty much. Um, it's funny. I was, I don't know what prompted me, but I was like lifting weights at the time. I had been doing CrossFit, which is a whole other, like it's a CrossFit's a sport. It's not safe, but whatever. I was doing it. I liked it. <laughs> um, and then I switched to lifting weights, which was fine and good, but it wasn't fun. Um, uh-huh. I was like, I want to do something fun and like move my body. Um, and I found some like 
YouTube of people dancing like to which is funny because I never listened to Katy Perry but they're dancing to Bon Appetit and I was like they just look like they're having the time of their life I'm gonna look up for adult dance classes like I want to do not like paired dancing because I wanted to be right do it whenever I wanted um so I just googled like dance studios near me um and happened to find uh dance club Asheville which is where I ended up and then saw they had some like hip-hop um dance classes and then can't remember something else and then pole and pole dancing happened to fit with my schedule and i was like whatever like i'll try that like how Mm -hmm. hard can it be (laughs) was kind of (laughs) like um intro to that um but yeah i took a class there and just like well i didn't take a class i cornered myself which is what i did with weightlifting too i paid a lot of money and i was like well (laughs) you paid some money so i bought an eight-week course and i was like i'm just gonna do it we're just gonna see how it is um but i took the first class and like fell in love so when you first started like when you saw that on the schedule Uh did you have any hesitation of like i've got kind of a stigma around that like i'm looking for dance but like i'm not looking for that or were you just so open-minded that you're like whatever it's fun it's dance i don't care yeah um at that point no i didn't care i was thinking about like trying out burlesque and like just something kind of fun and like silly Mm -hmm. i don't know i liked the kind of cheesier aspects of it too like that was appealing to me something silly like i feel like dance is so um not intimate, but like vulnerable that you have to be mm, kind of yeah. okay with laughing at yourself. So it was like, well, that's true. I have no idea how to do this. Like, let's just, it, it should be fun. You know, I love the idea of like ballet mm-hmm. and I, there are adult ballet classes, yeah. but I'm like, I feel like the people who do those were probably former ballerinas. So had like something to go off of, like maybe not, but in my mind, like I do understand the appeal of something that maybe you haven't trained for your whole life, you know, like versus somebody who like has technique. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I could take ballet and be silly and fun. I would be like, I have to do this very seriously, (laughs) but like I've been to Zumba and I'm a absolute disaster so but it's I don't fun know. right like it's, it's yeah it's fun enough yeah well, okay that's probably not your thing then but yeah that was kind of the, it was like I don't know anything about it so I don't yeah. know enough to be intimidated so I was like right yeah, let's just try and I knew like the class that I signed up for was specifically for beginners so everybody else in that class also had no experience so it was like kind of comforting to be the same group of like five or six people in the mm-hmm. same class every week. Like we're all kind of shrugging our shoulders and like pulling our t-shirts down, like covering our bellies right. all together. Like, Oh, what are we doing? And then, you know, by the end of it, we're like, I don't care. It's my sports bra, whatever. <laughs> that feels like so freeing to think about. Like yeah. that feels like what I wish, like the level of self-confidence I wish I could be at. But then I'm like, Oh, I don't think. <laughs> I am just so aware of myself at all right. times. Like yes. my, every part of me, my body, my skin, my hair. I'm constantly aware of myself. And I know you've heard me talk about like I found Peloton and I love it. It's the most empowered I've ever felt physically. Nice. Yet I am still so aware of myself, like yeah. in a good and bad way, you know? Yeah. Do you feel, do you feel so this was not like, you graduated from high school, went to college and found pole. Like there was like a good bit of kind of a a journey through like young adulthood Mm -hmm. before you found this. Do you feel like there were like steps that you took yourself to kind of like accept, like just like love your body. Mm -hmm. Like it just seems to me watching your videos, like you have a fantastic figure (laughs) regardless, but also just like you like you can look yourself in the eye mm-hmm. in 
the mirror or the camera or whatever, you know, seemingly the camera that you're yeah. recording at, which I assume is put in front of a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and I just don't like, so I've, I've been, I've taken a few, like Apple Fitness Plus has like these dance classes mm-hmm. and I love them. Nice. They're so fun. Um, it's, uh, but I'm like, I don't know if I would want to see myself doing it. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think yeah, led like, to it's you? It's like a graduated step of like listening to yourself yes. back, yeah. but like even more intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, um, yeah. So the studio that I first took classes, they have these giant mirrors. You can't really escape from yourself. Um, and at first it was kind of like, don't look in the mirror. Don't look. You're going right. to feel weird. Um, but they did always at the end where we learned like choreography, we had the opportunity to record ourselves. So I would do that and then just like watch the video back later. Um, and actually like recording myself and watching kind of it was like it like broke the spell for me I, which is oh, kind of a oh. thing that I hadn't experienced before like I know I have body dysmorphia and it's not as bad now but I definitely like just watching myself being recorded and like not actually engaging with the camera at that point was really helpful it was like there you are it is what it is like it's neither bad nor good it's neutral it just kind of neutralized the right. whole thing for me and then from that point of neutrality i could kind of get to a point where it's more joyful for where now like i appreciate you saying i have a good figure but like i don't care you know <laughs> i don't care right, what's right. going on like i've taken classes and videotaped myself before like after eating a bowl of chili like it doesn't matter like <laughs> i don't care <laughs> so i think just like seeing more of myself more free frequently away from a mirror specifically really helped. And then now like mirrors are fine. I don't, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm better at seeing myself for what I am and not like what I expect or what I wish I was, if that makes sense. Yeah. What is it like? So you mentioned body dysmorphia mm-hmm. and um, does it feel to you like this has been, this is something that has helped you kind of like own your sexuality? Cause we've talked a little bit before uh, on the podcast and, you know, me with both of you separately as well mm-hmm. about um, just how it feels a little bit repressive. A lot of times being raised like in the evangelical church, you know, it doesn't feel like your body is your own. It doesn't feel like your sexual expression is your own. Mm-hmm. And it takes a very long time through adulthood to work yourself into a place where you feel okay doing whatever without worrying about, you know, like, oh, well, how do I look to others? Yeah. But, you know, being able to look back at yourself on a recording and being able to like post videos, um, you know, to your Instagram account. Like, what has that journey been like to you? Like, I imagine it's almost kind of freeing to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it was definitely like a slow dip of the toe at first when I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my butt wiggled slightly like that. What will people <laughs> think? And then it right. was like, oh, wait, literally nobody cares. Nobody cares. At right. least not anybody that I would care if they care. The the sole exception being my like close family members who don't know that I have a separate account. And, and that's not, it's not to say that I wouldn't like, I would be happy to share this with them, but it hurts them, I think. So it's like a yeah. layer of protection for them. And that's just where we're at. Like, that's something that I hope one day we can kind of share. But outside of them, like, I really don't care at all what anybody <laughs> thinks about me. Yeah. One of my questions was going to be for you. Like, I think you've kind of answered it and that it didn't matter as much to you. But I feel mm-hmm. like poll in particular is so polarizing in uh-huh. how people see it. Because 
Yes. Um, and that it's like ballerinas monetize what they do and that yeah. you pay to their show. But there is so something so particular about pole dancing and its alignment with sex work. Yeah. And then its alignment with at least in a Christian perspective mm-hmm. of like stumbling block temptation. Right. And in very real ways, like in our family, it led to a lot of breakdown of family. So how do you like encourage people or do you <laughs> to separate like the sport of the dance versus what it represents? Because I think that would be really difficult. Like I'm thinking of people that I would have a difficult time with that. Yeah. And fe- like, because I feel like I would have a hard time doing that and explaining it in a way that didn't feel defensive. Yeah, absolutely. Good I mean, question. it's, yeah, that is a good question. I mean, that's one of the questions. Um, I think for me personally, growing up, so contained and like aware of like how people are perceiving me and it's my responsibility to control other Mm -hmm. people's thoughts which is like the impossible task um right it's like uh, you know if your shoulders are showing that's causing someone to sin so like once i threw that out the window it was like well what is it like i might as well do pole like if it that doesn't bother me then like it's in the same box as like it's in the bad box and once i decided like oh <laughs> right. yeah that stuff is actually a harm like it's a tool but mm-hmm. as long as i'm being responsible with myself <clears throat> um you know and 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 paying attention to what feels comfortable for me then it's it's where I'm willing to go. But, you know, that's something that it, every individual has to decide. Like, I'm not, if somebody's not comfortable with pole dancing, I would never be like, you have to do it. You know, <laughs> it's like whatever you're comfortable with. And I, I decided that I was comfortable with that. But yeah, to your, your question about separating, um, it's a tricky one. And, and the pole community is small and it is something that comes up a lot, um, because of the origins of pole being with strippers, particularly, um, strippers of color and black women particularly um and some queer people too it's um it's not something that i think should be separated which is tricky i think if you're wanting mm-hmm. to do pole dancing you don't have to put on the heels and be sexy it can be a fitness thing but it there was a lot of hurt in the community from people posting specifically as a hashtag not a stripper um, hmm. people doing pole sport and then just being like, I'm not a stripper. Um, yeah, because it feels very other. It is. Like, and it was, I love everything you do. Yeah. And I want to do it, yeah. except I want to make sure I'm not, I'm you. not gross <laughs> yeah. like you're gross. Yeah, exactly. Right, I was like, right. I'll put on a doctor's coat and carry on a stethoscope, but I'm not a doctor. Ew. Why would you say right, that? Right. Like, right. All right. Um, and just with the job being, you know, it's a perfectly legal job, but they're still marginalized. They, they, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's dangerous work because of society. So uh, trying to separate and say like, that's not me. That's something else I think is not helpful. Um, it, it needs to be recognized and appreciated for what it is. Um, but you know, you, it's not to say like, it's, it's a profession. So if you're not doing that professionally, you're not a stripper, but you need to accept that that is the history of it and respect that and, you know, be willing to go to bat for people because they're definitely like underrepresented um, community. So what is just, I guess, a quick summary? I know nothing about the history of pole or anything. What is do you do you have a brief? (laughs) Yeah, you're putting me on the spot Um, from my if not, not, do not worry. We can take this out. Yeah, I mean, it definitely. (laughs) 
uh, started in like gentlemen's clubs, as they were called, um, where the people mm-hmm. were dancing on bars and then found it was easier to hang on to something and dance and kind of developed from there. Um, and then modern oh. pole, as we know, it, is really, really pretty recent. Like some of the founding um, folks are, you know, still doing it to this day. Like it's it's kind of oh, a wow. baby industry um, and especially in the pole fitness arena, like that's all pretty brand new which is why it's super important i think for people to like acknowledge where it came from because it's like in the last 20 <laughs> years it's really yeah more recently but yeah it definitely like people will say like oh it's not from stripping i'm doing the thing that they were doing in china it's like yeah there's some pole climbing like acrobatic thing but that's not what you're doing like <laughs> we need to just all be right. adults here mm-hmm. and acknowledge where it came from yeah, I do feel like that's got to stem from like a sexual suppression yeah. Yeah. feeling that there's still shame tied to your sexuality, yeah. regardless of what it is. And in this instance, monetizing your sexuality, mm-hmm. that it's shamed. And so I would assume, and this is speaking for you, so correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong, that this journey from a fitness perspective also had to be like empowering from a sexual body perspective as well like that you could get to a place with your body that you felt like this is neither here nor there Mm -hmm. but I would assume that you would feel like oh no I am a woman also you know and maybe you already did so that is just assumptions but that's how I would feel yeah I mean I think it's definitely for me it's more like a sensual journey than it's been like a sexual journey but um yeah I mean it definitely like you will be perceived as you are like by society, that's where we're at. So, you know, if I'm, I'm presenting as a woman and doing something that seems sexy, there is like an inherent yeah, perception of that. And I can, you know, only do what I can to feel safe in that. And that's kind of where I'm at is like, my only concern is my personal safety. So like on my, um, whole profile i don't have like my actual name i don't have any like information it's separate from my regular account because i don't want like pictures of my house i want to share my art but not feel like i'm worried about you know creepers because <laughs> that's right. the world we're in it's just like if you're a woman out on the internet you're in danger like that's <laughs> no matter what you're doing you're wearing a sweater and you're buried in the sand or you're like nude it doesn't matter you're still a target <laughs> you right know, right Something that I realized like in the course of this conversation, but probably even in the last few days, David has been particularly complimentary of my body recently, which I mean, he's never like not been complimentary, but he has been complimentary. And it's like, I realized, yes, I want to look great and I want to be sexy, but I would never want someone to think that I was trying to be, you know, it's like this weird like dichotomy of... I don't want to be it's thirsty. Like, um, <laughs> it's that one One Direction song. She uh, she don't know she's beautiful. Oh, That's I what makes hate, her beautiful. I know. Because like truly, truly, it's such it's such a like don't. It's such a message that we I feel like is very common of like don't own you know you don't want to look prideful, yeah. but like back to Cardi B, like, why don't you, yeah. like, you know, well, because why don't you, like, that excludes the observer. You're only beautiful true, because true, true, I true. said so. That gives me well, the power. Right. right. That That's a good point. Some, if somebody were to say, like, I know that I'm strong, powerful, sexy, all of these things, wouldn't you immediately assume because we have such a, like, self-destructive core of our culture <laughs> that we're supposed to minimize ourselves mm-hmm. that you would be like, right. As, as women, at least, yeah. cause I don't think men have the same thing. No. <laughs> no. You would have to be like, 
but I'm not a narcissist. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. Like I remember very clearly Mm -hmm. in middle school, like looking at myself for a long time in the mirror and going down to my mom and saying like, I realized I'm not totally unfortunate looking. Like for the first time I realized like I'm not ugly, but it it was the first time I was like aware of myself. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I'm not ugly, but I could never take the leap in my mind to I'm pretty Mm -hmm. because that felt arrogant yeah Yeah. and it still does so i i always view myself through the lens of like i'm not hideous so minimizing yeah Yeah. so i think to get to a point where you're emboldened physically Mm -hmm. to to do something in this space that you're in or essentially i think that's a great word to describe it it's like that is also its own challenge Mm -hmm. to then get to the next hurdle of like and I look great doing it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know what my point is, but it's something that I've thought about recently. No, I totally get that. Well, I think part of like the beginning of that is a long time ago. I was like, I'm just going to accept compliments because they feel weird. And I did the whole thing where like, you know, thanks. I like your mm-hmm. dress. Oh, thanks. It's garbage. Like, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, don't. I mean, you do whatever you want. But I was like, I'm just not. I'm just going to say thanks. And it's just kind of a continuation of that where it's like. Thanks. Like, you look great. Okay. (laughs) But it's like, it's, pole is like the most selfish thing I've ever done too, which is, I think, part of why it feels so good. It's like, legitimately, if I had an Instagram and no people followed me and nobody, like, great. I don't care. I'm putting it out there. I feel good about it. And like, it's for me. So... I think that's I love that. I love that ownership. I want to do that also. But you know, like not to take it back to Peloton because I've always hated like people who do CrossFit because I feel like they're very obnoxious always talking about CrossFit. They are. And I was (laughs) (laughs) I feel that way about Peloton, but it's the first time I have like recently been taking selfies of myself after a ride that I was like proud of myself and it felt like Oh, can I even like post this or oh my gosh, how much are people going to roll their eyes? Because I feel like, but I feel like that when I see like runners constantly talking about running because it seems like it's all they can talk about. Crossfitters always talking about CrossFit. So anytime I'm like, I feel that way about Peloton, I'm like, oh, I hate myself. Like I, it's like a weird self-loathing that comes with like also being proud, you know, but I think that's been trained into us. Like you can't be too proud of yourself. I think that's where like the silliness and the corniness played in for me where I was like, whatever, this makes me happy. Like, meh. Yeah picture on your peloton who cares like you feel great (laughs) just do it (laughs) well and um i have found another at least one other account which i've followed through you Mm -hmm. uh i believe it's someone who either teaches you online or taught you in person um carmine oh yeah Uh uh-huh i've taken a Uh, couple like two classes with her in person but mostly online she has been really amazing to follow and posts about a lot of uh, really important stuff as well, mm-hmm. which I want to get into. But um, she also she will post uh, like little videos with like her daughter mm-hmm. on the poll, like, you know, her little I, I don't assume toddler yeah. age, I think. And just kind of talking about how like like she I've seen her post things saying like you, this can be sexual for you. I am very proud to be sexual in this space. And then also saying like this doesn't have to be sexual and also like it's fine if it's sexual and other people see that even if it's like it isn't you know it's sex is such a like don't let anyone know don't let your kids know that you're a sexual person you know or any children rather than like them see you know you know rather than it being seen as like a healthy thing for a young girl to see her mother just truly owning her Mm -hmm. sexuality and all and so like what is i guess what is the community like you know when people post stuff like that i've seen her posting on 
your videos as well. So like, yeah. what, what is the community like? Like, you know, is there a su- support? Like, is it like, you know, bring your kids, show your family? Yeah. Like, um, I would say not great just based, you know, not having any children of my own, but based on kind of like what she's shared with people. Um, it's pretty much just kind of like a microcosm of the greater consciousness so yeah not great um she said you know she used to get booked for shows a lot more and then after she got pregnant it kind of dropped off like after having her baby Um, oh that sucks yeah so there's definitely still like a huge stigma but i think motherhood in particular just it's so inherently like it's it's like like unsexyest womanly thing ever and if our culture hates women then we hate that the most like that's Mm. the most gated in thing that we possibly have well you know i feel like there's a real entrapment of having like a not big or not small body (laughs) because i feel like you either have like a model-esque body or like a playboy style body or i read something recently maybe it was on jordan syatt's page it might have been somebody else that talked about the problem people have with this body positivity movement is it seemed to start with people who were proudly obese Mm -hmm. and that people kicked back against that because of the health aspect. But that, that proud of my body has tended to skew towards overweight or obese people. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I'm saying then somewhere lost in the middle are people who are neither of those things (laughs) that are like, I'm not average. Yeah, I'm just average. And so that to me describes a lot of like postpartum bodies Mm -hmm. because it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, so I'm like neither fetishized or (laughs) like lusted after. I'm just like regular. So there's no space in which I can own my body you know like and be sexy at all yeah like lizzo i think represents a lot of that in a in a really powerful way and we watched the episode with lizzo um of david letterman's my next guest needs no interruption and it was so delightful and endearing and she was so wonderful talking about her body and you know we've seen her health movements toward a raw diet and different things like that but i do feel like there's this middle ground that i think a lot of moms would kind of lump themselves into where it's like my body is nothing because it's amorphous there's no shape there's nothing you (laughs) know yeah there's no no shape ashley graham talks about that a lot and um has been super open and my only like naysaying thing towards that has nothing to do with her but it's that now anytime you see a post about ashley graham it's like gets real about it's like ashley graham um amy comedian Hello? oh amy schumer <laughs> schumer yes oh polar okay um amy schumer uh ashley graham once people become mothers who are not uh one of those two archetypes and especially not like you know tiny mm-hmm. it's like oh look at them being so honest and and like open and flawed mm-hmm. and it's like i wish this weren't news anymore like i wish yeah. everyone could mm-hmm. just be like anybody figure at any time all women's bodies are amazing we all do amazing things all the time yeah, no matter what you choose to do with it and it's it's I'm like I bo- I both love seeing those articles and I like hate that it's news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there it is like an entrapment of diet culture where it's like anybody like Chrissy Teigen went took a long time and was public about it getting back to her pre-baby weight after her second child. And so then she was praised for like accepting her postpartum body and it's like, well, yeah. 
or I don't know, like, it's just like, but what if you don't, <laughs> but you yeah. don't love where you are and you just feel it, it, because anybody postpartum feels kind of alien anyway, yeah. where it's like, I was growing something. Now I'm not. <laughs> now my body's different. And even if I lose all the numerical weight, it's not going to be the same. Right. But am I desired by anybody? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. it's just this like right. lost world yeah. <laughs> body wise. Right. Yeah, it's a very it's a very weird space. So I liked seeing her with her adorable little daughter just kind of showing yeah, her some stuff. Yeah. And and you know, she's she's a pretty public figure, so she doesn't share a whole lot, but I know what she did share was all focused on like I'm taking as much time as I need to heal and like I may not ever like get back my body, but whatever I get will be you know, I'll work towards something and that's where I'll be. Like she was focused right. on healing and, you know, strengths and spending time with her kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things. It's like, don't worry about what you were worry about. Healing now. and strength is so good. Mm-hmm. And it's just so not the focus all so many times. Yeah, I, well, I know what you're saying is, too about um, just like the dichotomy too, where it's either like, hashtag so brave and you're like what right what right way? i'm just existing like right <laughs> right brave is not what we want to be brave called for worst. being in a two-piece i got right, someone said that yeah go ahead oh, I was, oh yeah i was gonna say like there's a negative connotation yes. that's like the other side yes. of that so brave like should i not yep. be and i right, think right. like lizzo's point of like so I shouldn't be proud of my body. Yeah. Like by being courageous, I should be <laughs> scared be of my body. Like, there's yeah. like, what is this? Like mean? Nicole Byer has a comedian. Her book is like, I can't, oh, I wish I could remember, but it's like hashtag very fat, very brave or something like that. And like, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. And she's always hashtagging very brave on her stuff. But yeah, I got very brave <laughs> once, like super early on. So I was like, wow, I could never do it. You do. You're so brave. And I was like, Hmm. That feels like a mirror. You're talking to yourself right now, but that didn't feel good getting it. So maybe... Yes. Thank you so much. But someone, no, thank you. someone said that to me when I was pregnant with Maya oh wearing a bikini and um, <laughs> she was so nice about it. Yeah. To my, my, preg- my pregnant friend and I were at the pool and she was like, good for you guys. <laughs> and I, I appreciated it because yeah. she was truly being supportive. Like yeah. she was like, oh, I'm so impressed. You guys are out here wearing bikinis. Because and I we're so would pregnant. never because I would, I would never. Yeah. And I, I do appreciate that. You know, I feel like some people can still be pretty dated and be like, well, they shouldn't oh, yeah. be wearing a bikini when they're pregnant Mm -hmm. um but i and i i both love that and i'm like oh it's noteworthy yes yeah (laughs) like it's just it's still noteworthy so yeah anyway it's 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 a it's a whole thing but um (laughs) speaking of the poll community um you share a lot on your accounts about shadow banning Mm -hmm. and what all just kind of what I know that a lot of accounts, a lot of business and public accounts talk a lot about how like the algorithm messes with their uh, like how they show a lot up. Of people but- in the Q community talk about this as well. So <laughs> I forgot to you tell you guys, I'm in Q and I'm Q. I've seen a lot. Yeah, on Love's Patriot, they talk about this a lot. Yeah. She's not shadow banned. She's actually banned. <laughs> yeah, that's called banning. She's trash. That's just regular banning. That's a civic service. Yeah, okay, but well, can you? <laughs> the civic service upsets Caroline because there's nothing to nothing to watch Aww. on Instagram. It took your TV um, show away. <laughs> <laughs> stories program. um her pro- her programs uh can you get just give a quick definition of shadow banning and then you post a lot about like the legislation that 
is detrimental mm-hmm. to um, pole dancers, strippers, sex workers, etc. You and me, all of us, you and me both. Yeah. I mean, I can't quite put a pin on what. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Detrimental to all women. Yeah. <laughs> so f- with shadow banning, um, it's hard to pin down because the language is so vague, but basically it's all kind of coming from um, in 2018, they instated uh FOSTA and SESTA, which stand for Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act and Allow States and Victims to Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, which great. Sounds great. We love that. Right. That's a very like, oh, how could you fight against that? And I don't know if you guys remember, there were even like celebrity endorsement ads on TV for it. It was kind of like a weird thing that popped up. They passed a really Hashtag save the children. That's all cues about. Oh, here goes Caroline. Here we go. Um, But yeah, so that instated, but basically what that did and kind of the trickle down effect of that um, is it put the onus on website providers for their content so they can be liable for any kind of sex trafficking that happens. So because they're not going to pay people to sit and like kind of sift through everything. I mean, they program the algorithm to do it, but algorithms are not neutral. They do what the programmer tells them to do. Right. It's like, you know, a white supremacist programming things. And what are you going to get? But um, anyway, so that (laughs) makes the, um, just the, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of, but just kind of like what Facebook or Instagram, which is now owned by Facebook is responsible for. So they kind of crack down on that, um, and are really just wanting to prohibit anybody from sharing anything that they feel like could fall under that category. But it kind of extended out to where people who aren't just kind of in the, the quote unquote norm were feeling the effect. So it was people like people with postpartum bodies noticed a drop in their like algorithm basically like people interacting with them and their engagement yeah people who are queer people who are you know marginalized people all those are you know have noticed it um and then in the poll community it was pretty obvious like any hashtags um that they decided weren't uh, appropriate. You could see, like, if you just looked up the hashtag, it would be like, this is content has been blocked, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't see it anymore. Um, and then if you continue to use those hashtags, then you would basically get flagged and your engagement would drop. Um, unless you paid money. <laughs> so that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other part is like, this was really kicking off. Um, and then at the same time, we have like JLo at the Super Bowl being like, I love pole dancing, but never mentioning once like this is affecting the livelihood of people who use pole to make their money. So like, don't mention that. Right. Like, Wait, I for, okay. I, Totally for, I don't think I ended up with, so we talked a lot last year about mm-hmm. Jayla. Was it last year or the year and a half ago? Oh my gosh. What last is year? time? Last year. <laughs> I know. It was last uh, year. Last year we talked about, you and I, Caroline, talked about this performance. And then I talked to you about it, Amy, and your perspective was totally Because in yeah, my mind, I was you like, mentioned oh, Anna. on the pod or I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly. Um, my perspective having no insight into the pole community, mm-hmm. um, the sex, sex work community, stripper community was like, Oh wow, this is so empowering. And mm-hmm. then you were like, eh, I don't yeah. Like, I, and that was very eye opening to me. So that, and then as well, um, that documentary that was just released wasn't, isn't it just called pole? No, it's called like strip down, rise up. I think that's the title. Oh yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, can you talk about how those things, there are separate things Mm -hmm. so but like you know the j-lo thing it's like 
this is look at me pole dancing and then how that was like a big deal to, that she did not like why were people unhappy with that yeah. in the pole community yeah so it's like the people that she's getting this art form from are actively being deplatformed and like affecting their livelihood and their safety where she has a giant literal platform in the middle of the Super Bowl and isn't saying right. anything about any of it. So that I think was where a lot of the frustration was coming from that. And the, the movie that came out, Hustlers, was the same kind of thing where they were like, basically like... Right. That's the other thing we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was yeah. like the term people were using was like culture vultures. So they were monetizing mm. off of, you know, actual like strippers, but then not like defending them and saying like, hey, there's these acts that have gone in um, and are affecting people's livelihoods and safety and like, you know, just crickets kind of in that arena. Um, Do you think if... If she had been like super active, like around the time that Hustlers came mm -hmm. out, around the time that the Super Bowl, air, the halftime show aired, if she had been very active and saying like, hey, just so you know, this is going on, blah, blah, or, like, you know, if she had been way more vocal about it, would that have been acceptable like would she have been viewed differently by the community do you think in, in your opinion gotcha. yeah i mean i can't speak for people who it was like really affected but i think you know anything helps just saying nothing is really harmful it's i mean it's like if <laughs> it's like if being a veterinarian was perfectly legal but stigmatized and then she played a veterinarian on tv while they were like if you have a veterinarian account on instagram you're getting blocked and deleted and she didn't say right. anything and everyone's like wow she's playing a veterinarian everybody <laughs> that's like what happened so that's you know it's like okay um and then you know since then it's gotten worse like there are new terms of service on instagram where it literally says like you cannot post yourself dancing in a strip club, even like if that's your job, you're not saying like, you know, I'll sell you whatever. Like, it's just, here's me at work. And that's now right. no longer allowed. Well, in interestingly, I thought I'd seen this headline earlier when I was reading daily mail. And so I just scrolled to it. Um, and I know this isn't like fully a sex worker topic, but um, there's a new proposal in Utah, which is not really a surprise, but that porn would be automatically blocked on all cell phones in Utah. Um, so that any Utahian, I don't know, Utahian, Utahian, it would be unable to use their phones for porn, oh, which is interesting. But I, then I saw last night, like it kind of coincides with something that I saw on maybe it was the House of Effie Instagram account. She is the person speaking out very publicly against Army Hammer, mm -hmm. who yeah. is being victim shamed because she um, has been very open about her sexual preferences to be um, a dominatrix and into BDSM. And she's getting a lot of shame of people being like, well, then you asked for oh rape. You asked to be raped of if course. that is what you engage in anyway. Um but she was saying, um, oh gosh, oh, that there are like some more, like, I don't know the, the proper word, pure is not it, but way to support like proper sex work versus like where you're getting your sources. Because some, like if you're going straight to content creators, you're supporting what they're doing, but if there are certain places and I'm completely butchering this, but the sex worker themselves are getting very little money because it's being taken in by the platforms mm -hmm. that they're on. Yeah. Like so it, is that correct? Yes, yeah. like Pornhub. But it's then they are then taking advantage of the content creators mm -hmm. in that 
in that instance. Yeah, there's a super good podcast. I'm uh, I'm gonna mess it up. It's either Ron Johnson or John Ron. I always forget his name, but it's called the Butterfly Effect. I think that's what it's called. You can correct me later. I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, he basically like follows the rise of online porn and free porn in in particular, and kind of like it's all owned not owned but it's all put all the tube sites are one dude so basically if you like legally want to make a porn and you put it out there somebody's gonna copy it and put it on this one site and then you will get none of the money so people are like well why would that's i what they were do saying. anything you know like it, it like well, basically you should like basically you should pay for your porn yeah. because if it's behind a paywall yeah a content creator is being supported right. but if it's free then someone somebody's is being taken paying advantage for of it and it's not you right like that's yeah so this is all and someone is being paid for it and it's not the performer right yeah and mm. it's it just doesn't support like anybody's safety and that's the same thing with these these um fosta and sesta like i was talking about and there's the earn it act which is newer which is even more insidious um i'd have to look up what exactly it says but it was it's just this to the extreme but um but yeah basically like the main complaint with these two acts from people who are actually in sex work was like if you need help pointing out sex traffickers like talk to us we're the ones that can identify this stuff the more you push it underground the more you're just hurting people that are right. that are doing this for work um and especially marginalized people and you're not actually like getting who you say you're getting <laughs> like you're just making it harder for people to be safe like the job ain't going anywhere so right you know yeah i mean like prostitution has been around since the dawn of time i mean it's in the bible like (laughs) there's not that's not like a new concept but what would you say and this is a question probably to both of you and maybe there's not an answer to it but to somebody who just can't separate the right or wrongness of this and to them there shouldn't be (laughs) like a sex worker shouldn't be paid because it's a wrong industry you know what i mean like yeah 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 just it's it's troubling for people i know and it's a particularly triggering topic of well they could go and get another job you know that that kind of thing like how do we speak to the decency quotient that people judge things by do you want to go first you want me to (laughs) um well i'll just say that a big problem that i find with the general a big problem that I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this without totally There's generalizing. There's a big problem. There's a problem. I should have prefaced either of you that I was going to ask this question. So oh, sorry. You're fine. Um, I would, I would say that we as a people, and I by people by we I mean specifically, probably Southern evangelicals at one point in our lives, um, have a huge problem separating anything. Uh, if we view it as immoral from like what is right or wrong for everyone as a whole, because a big part of my belief system growing up was every it's just, it's everything was wrapped into one version of right or wrong. There is no gray area. And therefore, if I believe something is right or wrong, it is morally right or wrong. So I cannot stand behind it in any way, um, shape or form. You, Caroline, have a very what I would call progressive view, which is that, for instance, you do not love or like the idea of abortions. You wish they would not have to ever happen, but also have openly said on this podcast, you do not want 
like it, you are not going to be stepping in anyone's way politically, you know, voting for someone like you're not out there trying to cancel abortions as a thing. Right. Um, that is such a progressive view. And I feel like it's very rare for someone to believe that something that is morally wrong, like should be okay for others, because it's very hard for you to separate the fact that your morals and other people's morals might not mesh up and that actually might be okay. So mm-hmm. all that to say, I don't, I almost don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> I feel like you have to start, you have to start deconstructing some of your own ideals before anything else, like, or at least be okay with sitting with the fact that other people just don't agree with you and you have to let them live their lives. But Amy, you go ahead and see if you can make that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> let me boil it down for you. Well, I was going to come at right. it from a different angle and just oh, suggest like, who did Jesus hang out with? Like, how did he feel about mm, you know, people uh, in marginalized communities or sex workers or, you know, it's um, like Hannah was saying, you can't control other people and I think it's foolish to think that I have no problem with um sex work as a you know concept right. or as a but if I did I mean if you really want to do what Jesus taught like you're supposed to love people and and wanting to keep people away from safety is not love like if you're mm-hmm. you can have a problem with sex work but why would you wish harm on someone because they're doing something you think is wrong? Like, and there is a weird, especially with evangelical Christianity, like a weird hierarchy of sin. It's like, yes, very, very, very. the most. And I think that's tied to patriarchy. Like they don't know that's what it is, but that's what it is. It's like control women's bodies. Um, but right. you know, I don't think like people, yeah, it's just a, yeah, we had this conversation a little bit, when we talk, it was in one of our sex episodes, but I think it aligned with when Jojo Siwa came out mm-hmm. and people being afraid of what that would do for their kids, yeah. you know, who saw like an openly gay icon, even though like when we were growing up, Lance Bass from NSYNC was fairly openly gay. And I don't think that that like turned a generation of young boys gay who were not already <laughs> feeling that, you know what I mean? But like, I think there's a, there's an evolution to be done, which, uh, even saying that is probably offensive to some people who may share that. Like, but there is some kind of evolution of thought process of like people still have rights, even if it's not a lifestyle. I like, I feel like that also comes to the queer community of Mm -hmm. like, I may not agree. And I'm not saying I don't, I'm saying I, I, as a person listening to this, you may feel like, um, I think that gay marriage tears apart the fabric of America. Also, we shouldn't perform hate crimes against gay couples. You know, like, I think there's this weird threat, especially to your point of sexuality and this hierarchy of morality, that if someone else is monetizing off of their sex, it is destroying families. Mm -hmm. It comes back to the Cardi B, Candace Owens, like, feud of what I consume does not destroy your family necessarily. And again, like I, there are very valid (laughs) concerns, I think in the way that it is consumed, the way kids are taught about it, the way families are taught about it. Um, Anyway, I don't know. I don't know all my thoughts, but I agree with both of you. Yeah, I think it's like a boundary issue. It just comes down to like, where is, 
like where do my feelings stop um, and where do they affect other people? Like you need to be able to separate like, okay, I might not be okay with this, but like you got to love your neighbor if that's what you actually believe. And where Mm -hmm. do my beliefs draw a line of policing other Mm -hmm. people's beliefs? Because I think that's a problem across the board. And we see it in both political parties, even that like, because I feel this way, you must also feel this Mm -hmm. way. And like the Instagram account, Sharon says so that I've talked about before. This is very unrelated to sex work, but talks often about how for the fabric of democracy, um, as it stands to survive, we have to have differing opinions on these things Mm -hmm. because if we all believe the same, that's like a communist society. Um, and I feel like this, there is healthy conversation to be had and, um, sex positive families, which is an Instagram account I've talked about before as well. I shared this with you, Hannah, I think maybe you and the other Amy of, (laughs) They had a quote that I really liked that was like, you should be as accessible to your kids as porn is, which is like, you should not have a one time conversation of like, this is porn. It is right or wrong because there isn't a, there is not a spectrum on which this is right or wrong because there's a huge spectrum of sex work that is being done, you know? Um, and if you have a one time conversation, then never follow it up. It leads to a void that only the internet. They're going to go, yeah, they're going to go find information somewhere else because. You can. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Education in general about sexuality. And by yeah. that, I mean, actual education yeah. <laughs> um, would be, I think, key in addressing so many problems simply simply because there is so much that is not talked about that it's sex in general seems like a taboo. Mm-hmm. So if if just sex, just regular vanilla sex was not taboo. Missionary position. Missionary position. named. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. No idea. Um, was, uh, was not taboo, then everything about sex work would take on a different light. Sex work, uh, any kind of dancing that's deemed somewhat sexual, stripping, uh, you know, women's bodies such a good in point. general. Where it's you just, guys seen as taboo, yeah. everything it goes in the it. bad box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we weren't allowed to have dances at my Christian school because certain uh-huh. we had a few. Oh, so we stood oh, awkwardly on liberal. the side of the room. Don't worry. Should have known you'd be a Democrat, but <laughs> we couldn't because there were certain denominations, even within the church, of certain denominations right. who viewed any kind of dancing as bad, yeah. even though the entire book of psalms is about singing and dancing so it's weird that again back to your hierarchy of morality and of sin amy like we view like this dancing is okay yeah. this dancing is <laughs> this not type like, of so can, yes right, like ballet is art yeah. even though that is just as sensual yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's just it is like once there is equipment involved <laughs> like a bowl then, yeah, then, right. then it is not like I mean, plenty of ballets also simulate sex, and I don't see them called to be canceled oh, no, either. Well, so. and I think yes. there is, <laughs> yes, I think there is definitely something to be said as well about the ways in which um, women and white women, especially, are raised to be mean girls to each other. Mm-hmm. And if you see, you know, in the event of a cheating situation in a relationship that you have, who do you immediately blame? The woman, uh, probably. So. If not most, like, you know, it's usually like, what are you doing with him? So in that case, the woman in a strip club, in a gentleman's club, is going to be the demonized one. Because it's like, well, you know, you're just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you're distracting my husband or like porn, you know, you're distracting my boyfriend, my husband, whatever it is. 
rather than, you know, it's always going to be about competition and about, uh, what some other woman is taking from you rather than this has nothing to do with you. Perhaps you have something that you are not okay with in your relationship, yeah. but go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. Um, your relationship and your thoughts on your relationship with someone else have nothing to do with someone who just wants to go out and make a living. Yeah. And I think it becomes symptomatic of something else, right? Like I do think that the way that young men and men in general have increased their engagement with porn has changed the wiring of their brain. And we've talked about it before, I think given an unrealistic view of what sex with actual people <laughs> looks like. But again, right. that is symptomatic of they're looking for that because as a culture, we're sexually repressed and suppressed. Yeah. So because there aren't open conversations of this is what real sex looks like, they will go to a place they have it available well, re real you know sex and real bodies like not even in a non-sexual context <laughs> you know yeah, like any of it it's real, all a symptom just, right i don't know about the science behind the wiring of people's brains i thought that was debunked but i could be wrong oh, it could be it could be i don't but, know i don't know fake but news, um, fake news. <laughs> i will always share fake news because i don't read any stories just headlines so. <laughs> she just reads headlines oh that's right uh um, well, there was but, a headline so Actually, I will read an article that I will share with you guys, but don't you dare yes. send me an article that would expect anything. Pointless. Yeah. I would have more success texting you a full article myself as if I no, wrote it and not telling you. Her out loud. Yeah, right. I just saw down the street. <laughs> yeah. Right. If I you, copied and pasted and was like, I think yeah. the following. Yes, totally. Or bear with me while I talk this out with you and then <laughs> right. you send me the full article. That's how you trick right. me. Exactly. But nice. um, it is, there is, and, and I don't think it's, a, a lot of it has to be placed at the feet of um, higher Jesus. ups. Uh, yep. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, the blame for blaming all of, you know, a lot of problems with porn mm -hmm. and with um, sex work, with strippers and pole dancers, etc. And mm -hmm. has to be laid at the feet of church officials who do like call out these industries and again, put responsibility on porn for taking and distracting men's minds rather than on men for being irresponsible or not honest or whatever they're being, yeah. you know, like whatever your sexual relationship is with your partner and whoever else it includes has to be an open conversation. Um, if you're not doing that, the Pornhub is not responsible for that. I mean, yeah. they're obviously not scot-free and make sure you're shopping from women for your porn, but, uh, um, local shop, local <laughs> shop, local small business Saturday. <laughs> small business Saturday. Saturday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, are we, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think the blame is like porn is out there. Porn mm -hmm. is wicked. Nude images of women yeah. are everywhere and our children are accessing them. Okay. Well, your children probably wouldn't think it was like crazy if they saw like, your mom's boobs all the time which mine do <laughs> mine also do if, yeah. if anything they would think like that's not real right <laughs> so um which both of us commented on caroline uh, i was about to say that too because Melan melania's yeah <laughs> melania girl <laughs> you've got you've got a good expensive rack <laughs> yeah exactly no one's nipples point up on the top yes. what did you say the top? The, the top quarter of their wow. the top quarter portion it's a nice photo i will not lie but 
but that's why they are also yeah, uh, yeah, that's why I said I did know it would blow up on your phone. Um <laughs> But at the same time, I just think so much, it's all, the blame is not placed at the feet of men remotely in the ways that it should be. And, you know, it's all of these like, well, men did this. And yeah, they, they probably did. And there might have been, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the irresponsible actions on the part of other parties as well. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm not saying that the person cheating with the man is not also at fault. I'm just saying, there is not the conversation starting from the beginning about sex that we need. There's not the education. There's not the encouragement to explore your body sexually yourself or do that safely with a partner, you know, following parameters, following consent. And then in doing so, you know, we're told don't ever have sex. Don't do this. Don't do this until you get married. Then do it all. And it's like, how are you going to expect, (laughs) right. How are you going to expect people to all of a sudden be comfortable talking about their boundaries, what they are looking for, what, you know, they don't even know what they're looking for. But women also perpetuate to this weird standard of beauty in that to your point that we are mean girls and judge our worth based on what other people look like and we have this kind of agreed upon normal aspirational beauty but then we also have a lot of self-hatred over our own and we want to feel better than somebody else where we aren't better and that we could (laughs) in some like weird utopian society redefine the standard of beauty that then we have trained men to lust after at the same time like it's all kind of this toxic parameter that we've set and that we are equally responsible for to say like i don't know we've all deemed that desirable but we are also living differently you know what i mean right it's a strange it's a strange Okay, I agree with everything except equally, but I will accept a lot of responsibility. I don't, I don't agree with fully equally, but everything else I 100% agree with. Okay, fine. I'll take that. Um, anyway, I, I really want to be conscious of your time, Amy, and my time, and I also super have to pee, so that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think um, the only thing I would add is just like, you know... Uh, saying what y'all are saying just like i think there's plenty of room for everyone to just like be curious and keep having conversations and like that's a great start Mm, for anybody it's just that's just a good like life slogan yes be curious keep searching well where would you like people to find you if they'd like to know more about you or follow your journey are you comfortable sharing that like you let us know. Absolutely. Yeah. If anybody wants to also slide into my DMs, that is not a creeper. Yes, um, I will talk about dance. That is not yeah, a creeper. No creepers, but I'll talk about dance all day long. There's so much more I want to say, but I won't <laughs> keep you guys. Um, a part two. Part a part two, two in the future. Maybe. Yeah. If people want it. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm at trash cat pole and that is like a possum, you know, trash cat, but <laughs> like a pole cat. <laughs> Um, oh. that's me. Yeah, it's just I couldn't. I think have of said anything. I have said your screen name on here before, and I'm like, I don't know why this is where you can find her. Yeah. No, it's just this <laughs> that nickname makes... that I had that uh, my husband called me, and then I was like, whatever, that's funny. I'll put that. It wasn't taken. That is funny. So that's adorable. Yeah, I get lots of questions about it from people. Shout like, out to Tom. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Um, but yeah, please come follow me and ask me any questions. <laughs> yeah trash cat pole yep. um i love following you i think you're a beautiful dancer uh, and you're very inspiring thank so you that makes me very happy to hear <laughs> thanks for joining us we'll be back next week uh we may change up our frequency of um 
episodes, we're talking it out, but we do have some um, topic ideas, like three of them, which doesn't ever happen. So we have, right. we have a few more episodes in our pocket before we, this. We need to write out. it. We need to write them down because we keep forgetting. I've yeah. got one written down. <laughs> um, also, I have noticed a few more reviews. Thank you so much. That makes my day when I look and um, thank you for the ratings and reviews. Those have crept upward and we really like it. Yes. Uh, still angry at whomsoever posted a two to three star review like a year ago. I will never forget that. That person never talked to me. <laughs> you can talk to me. I'll forgive you and um, we can be friends. All right. We'll see you next week. Amy, this was so good.